What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 42 of Preloaded. My name is Josh Finderup, and as always, I am joined by the other half of Preloaded, Jackson Vanover. Jackson, how are you doing this morning? Uh, well, I'm really excited uh, because E3 has started. We just watched the Summer Game Fest, and so there's a lot of fun things to talk about. Yeah, I just said this morning, and I was like, oh, it's actually the <laughs> afternoon. But <laughs> yeah, we did just wrap up the Summer Game Fest uh, kickoff live event, so... That is actually going to be our deep dive topic of the week uh, this week. Uh, it's such a big thing. You know, it's kind of the unofficial kickoff to E3. And there was a ton of stuff to talk about there. So we're going to spend the last half of the show just going deep into everything that we saw there. Um, and we also got some Battlefield 6 news. So we're going to talk about that at the top of the show. But first, this is a, a bit of a sad show because we have some sad news uh, to, especially for our, our core audience, our listeners who tune in every week, you know who you are. This is actually the second to last episode of Preloaded. So yeah, definitely a bummer, <clears throat> but you know, Preloaded is, it's more than just Jackson and I there. There's a group of people behind the scenes who, you know, post this show to the the podcast platforms and if you've ever heard an ad on Preloaded, they're the people who help us with that. <clears throat> and just because there is a business back end to this whole thing, we had to hit a you know an, an audience size that made it sustainable. And unfortunately, we just weren't able to, to hit that. That said, again, to every one of our core listeners and core viewers, we just want to thank you so much because it's been a, a real pleasure and it's been a lot of fun to make Preloaded. You know, I think Jackson and I both wanted to make a podcast and we got hooked up to do this and we seem to work just amazingly well together so it's been a great <laughs> time doing this with you Jackson but again I just want to and, and I, I'm sure I speak on your behalf here I just want to thank all of our, our listeners but yeah kind of a well not kind of it's definitely a sad bit of news yeah it's definitely a bummer um, but yeah I mean I, I don't really have much to add other than um, saying myself thank you guys so much for uh, supporting us this has always been something I wanted to do, like Josh said. Um, but yeah, we're going to give you guys uh, two more shows here. Yep, absolutely. And we do not want this to drag those shows down. We are super excited that E3 has uh, now, like I said, kind of unofficially kicked off. And, uh, you know, we actually kind of got some big news yesterday. Uh, that was uh, the Battlefield 6 reveal. Uh, so, Jackson, I mean, I, I'm not... As everybody who listens to the show knows, <laughs> I'm not the multiplayer guy. So this this bit of news kind of especially skewed away from me. I do have my thoughts on some of the, the the details, but what was your overall reaction to the game? Well, uh, I actually want to start with um, not my reaction to the game, my reaction to the countdown. Did you see all the countdown to the countdown stuff? I no, I didn't. I just saw <laughs> the uh, like they posted to Twitter, you know, a tweet saying that they're going to reveal this on June 9th and uh, beyond that. Uh, I didn't pay attention. I actually watched the trailer after the fact, after they posted it. So I oh, watched gotcha. the VOD uh, uh, version. So they did the same thing that Gorilla did for Horizon and the same thing that Ubisoft did for Far Cry. So they said, we're going to reveal the game at 9 a.m. And then you got there at 9 a.m. And then they started an hour-long countdown. <laughs> so wow, <laughs> everyone was kind of like, what is this? Why do you keep doing this? Um, but yeah, man, the, the trailer, uh, it excited me. It didn't like 
blow me away and kind of seeing some of the leaks. I wasn't, I didn't have that sort of surprise factor about it. Um, but I will say that like, generally speaking, this looks exciting to me. I heard some very uh, promising sort of bullet point information points that were revealed outside of the actual trailer itself. Um, and that is that this is not going to have single player or, and it's not going to have battle Royale. So uh, to me, I know Josh, you kind of mentioned this before the show. I like that they're focusing on what they're best at. Um, That is just, it makes sense to me. I I don't want a game that is trying to appeal to everyone. I want them to do what they're best at, and that is multiplayer. And so that sort of talking point um, really resonates with me, and I'm excited to play it. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the one multiplayer shooter that I've spent the most time playing is actually Battlefield Hardline, of all things. And, uh, you know, I, I actually really liked it. I just couldn't. Uh, no matter how much time I seemed to spend with it, I couldn't manage to uh, get good, as they say. <laughs> so I eventually put it down. But this looks intriguing. I thought the trailer, I thought this, I was like, okay, they're going the fast and furious route where they're just going as over the top as humanly possible. And um, I thought it was exciting to watch. But then, yeah, the some of the details after the fact, I definitely was a bit um, on the fence about, you know, if they're going to make it a $70 game on next gen. Well, the f- first thing that I thought was really weird is that it's $70 on next gen, but not on PC when I'm sure PC is going to have the same features as next gen. That seemed odd. That uh, is interesting. I, I wonder what the logic is behind that. Well, I heard some people tweeting that they're just, uh, there's too many PC players in their core audience that they're afraid of the backlash, which may be true. Of course, we don't know that, but um, it's that, not like EA needs the money. No, no, they definitely don't, you know, which kind of, begs the question then why why make it $70 on next gen uh to begin with but so I thought that was weird but yeah and then also having it be multiplayer only which I get that a lot of people would probably be upset that it doesn't have a single player campaign and they're charging an extra $10 but like you I think that the fact that they don't have a single player campaign will hopefully increase the quality of the multiplayer version they're really able to focus so um it better be one of the best multiplayer experiences available when it's sitting alongside free-to-play options like Warzone and, you know, even Fortnite, you know, is going to be competing with this when it comes to what people were going to want to play. Right. And they're doing a battle pass, too. So they're also um, trying to compete uh, in some ways in, in that space. But, um, yeah, I this might be my privilege speaking, but $70 for what I would consider a next-gen experience. I mean, there's more people in each match. Yeah. Um, so you are getting sort of an upgraded version. Uh, and every other next-gen title is 70 bucks. That just, like, makes sense in my brain. But I, I do get where people are, you know, sort of disappointed. Yeah, yeah, I, I understand the um, the disappointment. and But most people that I saw on Twitter were just like, eh, you know, not for me. I didn't really see anybody that was upset, per se. I just saw people saying, you know, I'll pass, Uh which I think a lot of people might, but hopefully it's a great game. Yeah, it definitely was over the top. <laughs> I saw a comment <laughs> on the 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 pre or the trailer in YouTube that was like, "What that part where the guy drives the ATV into the helicopter?" You remember yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs> and the guy was the guy in the comments was like, "Why is there an ATV on the roof of a skyscraper?" And I was like, "That pretty much sums up this trailer." <laughs> it's, it's it's the end of the world. Like that's yeah. the premise, right? I mean, that crazy stuff happens, right? <laughs> yeah. Exactly, yeah. And you can eject out of your uh, fighter jet, shoot somebody with a bazooka, and then land back in your fighter jet. 
Yeah, did you know that that's actually a reference to a clip from Battlefield 4? Someone did that. Yeah, (laughs) someone did that in the game. And so that EA and DICE have been really clever to weave in actual like community moments into their trailers. And so um, that was really cool. That's very, very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, not to dwell on this too long. We've got a lot of other stuff to talk about. But um, Battlefield 6, uh, what was the release date on this? Did they say? It is. Yeah, it's uh, October um, something. Let me just go ahead and confirm that. And I don't. It know is. Uh, oh, geez, I'm getting Battlefield Two. No, Battlefield yeah. 2042, October 22nd. October 22nd. There we so, go. We're doing it live. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So look forward to that. Uh, and with that, we are going to take our first break. And when we get back, we are going to get into everything we saw. Well, maybe not everything. There was a lot. We're going to get into our our highlights from the Summer Game Fest kickoff live event that we literally just finished watching. So we'll be right back. And we're back. We are now going to get into our deep dive discussion of the week. We have a lot to talk about because uh, we just finished watching the Summer Game Fest kickoff live. This is Jeff Keighley's uh, event now. I guess he has this in the summer. We can probably look forward to this uh, every year if this was a success. Um, And so my uh, before I get too into the weeds, my initial impression was that this was uh, a very a very front loaded and backloaded show and a lot of stuff in the middle that um, I get why it's there for sure. And a lot of this stuff had its audience, uh, but in terms of uh, big E3, you know, bombshells, there really wasn't much for me anyway, other than the beginning and the end. Um, But overall, I thought it was a great show. You know, Jeff is getting good at this. Right. I have the utmost respect for that guy. I mean, he's been doing it forever and um, he's, you know, the big reason why I get excited for these shows every year. Yeah. Uh, but I definitely agree with you in terms of how this show felt and ran. Um, there were a lot of times where I was like, OK, I can go to the bathroom. I don't have to watch this <laughs> or, yeah. you know, I can check Twitter. Um, I didn't have my eyes glued the, glued the whole time. And then they did like the performances and stuff that, that ah, I don't know. It's just not for me. Yeah, yeah, I I mean I I enjoyed seeing Weezer. I'm a, a fan of theirs, but you know, I remember them from l- literally the 90s, you know, 20 years, 20 <laughs> maybe even 25 years ago I I was listening to Weezer. So, you know, part of me wonders are there people watching this that are just like who's Weezer? Um, uh, probably, probably. <laughs> yeah, but so I enjoyed seeing them. I actually thought the game they showed to that looked kind of cool. I think it comes out later today, but or tomorrow. But um yeah, the so just getting into the games that they showed. So they kicked things off with Wonderlands, which this did leak. I saw you tweeted about this, Jackson. Um, yes. This is the Tiny Tina uh, kind of fantasy spinoff of Borderlands. And it does sound like it's going to be very similar to Borderlands. I don't think they showed any actual gameplay. We don't know if this is going to be like first person or third person, but I imagine it's going to be a first person, you know, looter shooter or maybe hackers looter. I don't know what they're going to call it, but. Um, that was my impression. It looks cool, but we it was very cinematic, the trailer, so we don't really know much. Yeah, it's like it's like a concept that I'm genuine like or sorry, generally on board with. Like cool. Yeah. That that's a cool idea. Um I think they should have shown us like a very small clip of gameplay. I know we have the Gearbox uh, entertainment show, so maybe they're just giving us the, you know, shot before the chaser, but um yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and it did say early, I believe it said early 2022 for this game. So it's got to be pretty much, you know, in the final stages of development. So, yeah, I would think we'll see this at, actually, I'd be very surprised if we don't see this at the Gearbox show. 
Right. I would be too. And also, um, I, I think I think I saw something from Jason Schreier on Twitter. Uh, take a lot of these dates with a grain of salt because yes. we are just really still in the throes of of this global situation. So. Yeah, I've I've stopped being cynical about release dates. Uh, it's just you know I know developers are doing the best they can right now, and we have to give them a lot of room uh, given everything that's going on. I, I do want to mention the cast for this game was amazing. I know uh, like Andy Samberg, and there were two other people in there that I was just like, wow, those are some big names. I can't yeah. remember who they were though. You know, it's it's funny they were able to pull those because I feel like they're also making the Borderlands movie, which yeah. has some legitimate big stars. So. Yeah, so should have some incredible production values. Uh, and uh, if you like Borderlands, uh, get excited. Uh, the next big thing that caught my attention because of its reference to stealth in Metal Gear Solid was the Death Stranding director's cut. Um, no idea what this is going to entail. I really don't want to play through the entire game over again. But if it has stealth segments where you get to hop in a cardboard box or crawl through vents, I just might have to. <laughs> I never finished Death Stranding, Josh. It's a long game. It's yeah. really long. <laughs> you know, I'm totally cool. I, I bought it, uh-huh. um, but never finished it. So I'm cool to return. Actually, am I going to have to buy the director's cut? I didn't actually look at that. If I have to buy it again, I may not play it. But yeah. um, it was very goofy, very Kojima, this entire trailer thing. Yeah, for sure. And uh, it was it was nice to see Kojima there. Um, you know, he kind of <laughs> rambled a little bit, but... Uh, the trailer itself was cool. Again, uh, I was definitely down to see the Metal Gear uh, reference with the cardboard box. That was cool. So, um, and then uh, I, I don't know that this I, I may be alone. Well, not alone here, but the next one that caught my attention was Jurassic World Evolution Two. Never played the original. I've even mentioned it on the show that it's it's always there in my like when I see it on sale, I consider buying it. But I know it didn't review all that well. But I love Jurassic Park. It's probably my favorite IP of all time. So. I just I, I pray that this game is good. That's pretty much all I have to say about it. Got it. I, I played uh, Jurassic World Evolution <laughs> and uh, kind of enjoyed myself, but I, d- I didn't play it from the perspective of someone who loves this IP. I just saw it as kind of a uh, sort of a simulation genre type game uh, and had a decent time. So it's crazy that it did well enough for them to greenlight a sequel. Yeah, I mean, it's always, at least on the PlayStation Network, I don't know about Steam or Xbox, but on the PlayStation Network, it's always on sale. Um, So you can always pick the, almost always anyway, pick the original up for a song um, if you want to play it. But yeah, it must be selling. Uh, And they they are coming out with a new Jurassic World movie, so I'm sure that has something to do with it too. For sure. It's a a good opportunity there. Yeah. Um, So before we move on to kind of like the middle of the show, that that was that, I think all those three were announced in the first, you know, 10 minutes. um, I guess I'll I'll toss it over to you, Jackson, for the the middle of the show. Like, what was the next game that you saw that you thought was noteworthy or that you're excited for? So for me, um, I mean, we we had like COD, uh, we had the Free Guy thing. <laughs> we had Among that, that Us. actually looks pretty funny. Uh, free Guy does look pretty funny. Um, Ryan Reynolds is definitely someone that'll get me to watch a movie. But uh, Solar Ash is the next one that caught my eye. Yeah. Um, just because it. We've seen this before, and it, it just kind of ticks that, or it scratches that indie itch in me. It's like, oh, you know what? That's actually an indie title that I think I'd like to check out. Um, and you even put in the doc here, which is a great description. It looks like Pathless meets Shadow of the Colossus. Yeah, it really yeah. does. Yep. Yeah, we've seen it in the past where you're like traversing the world really fast like you are in the, in the Pathless. And then they've mentioned in previous trailers that you're going to be climbing gigantic creatures. And we got to see that actually in this trailer. And yeah, I'm not crazy about the art style, but uh, the gameplay, if, 
um, I know that this developer Heart Machine they made um, always for. Excuse me, I always forget the name of it. Uh, Hyperlight Drifter. Hyperlight Drifter, and people love that game. So if they can deliver a game that's of uh, that quality, this this should be a, a a great game. And I think it's coming. They said 2021, yeah. So we can look forward to this this year again. Take it with a grain of salt, but we've seen this for a while. So hopefully, this is coming out soon. Yeah, I'm excited for it. Yeah, and on that indie front, I just want to mention Salt and Sacrifice. I believe this is a sequel to Salt and Sanctuary, um, which is like an indie Souls-like. But I was really excited to see how closely this seems to be, you know, mimicking the Souls genre. Like the menus seem very Souls-like. Um, and I know that Salt and Sanctuary is basically a 2D Souls-like. I didn't play it, but this looked, I thought, great. So um, if I'm... At the, when this comes out, if I'm craving a challenge, I'll definitely check it out. Yeah, I definitely noticed the uh, the menu, just like you mentioned, <laughs> looks very souls. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, what else, Jackson? What what we? I think I in my list here, we're not going to go through all these, but I have actually 40 different games that they showed at this thing. So, yeah, the next one is uh, I, I bolded in the doc here. Like, so they talked about another 10 games, and there's really nothing here that caught my eye. Yeah. Um, the next one, though, that did was uh, Vampire the Masquerade Blood Hunt, purely because we talked about it on the show and there was a huge controversy with the developer. They actually switched developers and found a new one. Yeah. Um, and, and I think I think this is the result of it, which it looks like. Uh, forgive me if I'm wrong. It, it might be like MMO like. I, I don't know if you if this is a co-op experience or not, but it seemed like there was some PVP going on. Uh, just kind of like they took the IP and did something completely different. Yeah, to me, it looked like more of a, you know, PvP, maybe PvE type thing, which would be more MMO style. But I definitely got the impression that this is going to be a multiplayer experience now. And I did one thing of note to this or about this for me was in previous trailers for Vampire the Masquerade, they just didn't look that great uh, from a graphic standpoint. The the character models looked kind of last gen and um, they got the aesthetic right, but just didn't look of that high quality. This, I thought, looked much better. You know, um, they did put in there like in-engine capture, you know, alpha footage or whatever. Um, and, you know, I, I do remain skeptical about trailers, kind of cinematic-esque trailers that are quote, in quote, in-engine. But I thought it looked much better than the previous trailers we'd seen, technically speaking. Right. And uh, I, I actually have a correction for us here. Um, this is not that game. It looks like it's a separate game from the upcoming Bloodlines 2 game. Um, and Blood Hunt is a battle royale. So there you there go. There you go. Battle royale with vampires, which I think is cool. I mean, I I, um, I know that, you know, Call of Duty, Battlefield, those games are more successful than just about anything else. But it's cool to see a battle royale that's in a, a, a taking a completely different route. There are guns in this, but I think you'll obviously have, you know, supernatural abilities as well. Right, looks unique for sure. Yeah. So uh, speaking of like military shooters, even though this isn't a shooter, but uh, the, the the next game that caught me by surprise, I didn't play either of the two previous ones, but the Dark Pictures Anthology, the next game, it's called House of Ashes, um, it combines like a military aesthetic with horror. I don't know if we've ever seen that in a video game. You have these like soldiers who are investigating some location and they fall in, underground and they get stalked and hunted by some supernatural force or being and i thought actually looked pretty interesting 
You know what it reminded me of, Josh, is Fear, which I think is the only other franchise that does do the supernatural shooter thing. Yeah. Um, and we haven't seen those games in a while. Uh, but, you know, like I was watching this and I was thinking I was a bit interested, but then I remembered my experience with the first Dark Pictures game, and I, I think I was just a little disappointed. Maybe I didn't know what to expect, but it's the people who make Until Dawn, right? I think that's why people were disappointed is because yeah. Until Dawn was such a banger. And then uh, I don't think any of the Dark Pictures anthology games have lived up to that. Right. I hope this I hope this is an upgrade, though. Yeah. Yep. And then the next uh, game that I am looking forward to. And now I'm not a huge JRPG guy. I did like Final Fantasy VII Remake, but I think Tales of Arise looks great. Um, I'm tempted to try out one of the older games. I've heard Tales of Berseria is good. Tales of Vesperia is good. Um, but this is the first game where they're upgrading to like the Unreal 4 engine. So it'll be in full 3D and uh, it's an action RPG if I have my if I if I have my games right. And I, I just I just think it looks interesting. I may, I may check this out in September if there's nothing else um, out at the time, which I don't know if our September is all that crowded yet. So this will be something I'll keep my eye on. It's something that caught my eye. Uh, I still have that buffer of of um, not being able to connect with a JRPG like stylistically and story wise. Um, so th- this one. I, I don't know if I'll be checking it out, but it did look like something that I think like there's absolutely a crowd out there for and they will enjoy it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This yeah, this series has a huge audience. Uh, that's why they keep making them. They've made, I, I think, at least like a, a dozen of them. So, wow. Yeah. Um, next is, uh, or the, I mean, um, interrupt me, Jackson, if there's anything in between Tales of Arise and this next announcement. But the next one that I thought was we didn't get to see anything, but was a huge announcement was Deviation Games. Um, not just because it's former Call of Duty and Treyarch developers, but because this is, if I have, if I read things correctly, this is a PlayStation first-party studio. Yes, this actually is big. And I think it was a little deceiving when they came out and announced it because uh, we we're kind of like, okay, what? who are these guys? You know, it, it felt like one of those um, token show points where, not that I'm not saying like Jeff, you know, wanted to do something just for whatever, but uh, it was like, okay, we're announcing a new studio, whatever. But then they said PlayStation. And I feel like that's when my ears perked up. Yes. Um, but I kind of temper my expectations because they didn't really say what they were making. And so I don't know, like, what if they're going to make another, what was that, uh, PlayStation battle all-stars thing like the driving Mm. game like i just worry that that's what we're gonna get um i know that's probably unfair because we don't know what they're making but i don't know this was mixed for me i that was well i had very similar uh reactions at first i was like okay ex call of duty guys are making a new studio that's newsworthy for sure and then when it was announced that it was a playstation first party studio uh that definitely got my attention uh that means that playstation we all know the level of quality. I mean, <laughs> place or uh, what is it called? All Stars, uh, Destruction All Stars. <laughs> yes, that's it. That's it. That game, notwithstanding, uh, they have put out just you know incredible game after incredible game after in- incredible game. And so they, if they see something worth investing in, they there's probably something there. But my th- reaction was, yeah, this is. I I can see a world where this is like a a multiplayer focused experience. Um, hopefully, it's a great one. But if it is. This probably won't be the uh, uh, big first-party PlayStation game that I uh, get super excited about. 
Right. I'm kind of at a wait and see. Yep. Yeah. But big news nonetheless. Uh, and speaking of, uh, you know, big multiplayer games, we also got to see Back for Blood. Uh, I don't know if this is the reason I put this in here or highlighted it is because uh, it's uh, they said the beta begins August 5th. I don't know if that was news we had prior or not. You know, I'm not sure either. Um, yeah. I, I couldn't tell you, but uh, I'm going to be checking this out uh, when it comes out. Yeah. Left for Dead is just something that I enjoy. Yeah. I hope it has like if it has decent progression, which I imagine it will like that you know makes me feel rewarded i i might check this out like i'm i think i mentioned to you on twitter the other day i'm considering upgrading my pc and if i do this this would be a good uh game to uh give it a you know spin its wheels right right um so before we get to the big uh finale here was there anything else you wanted to mention in the kind of the, the body of the show gosh um <laughs> there's I, a lot I, yeah you know uh, one more thing between that note and uh, what we're about to talk about. Tribes of Midgard, uh, just a funny note. I don't know if I'll play this game or if I'm interested, really. But um, the amount of times I heard Ragnarok and Valhalla as someone who covers Assassin's mm-hmm. Creed Valhalla just made my ears perk up multiple times. Like, I was kind of looking down on my phone. I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, you know, <laughs> are yeah. you talking about something that's actually interesting uh, to me? And uh, it was just Tribes of Midgard. Not to, you know, rain on that day's or on that game's parade. But um, yeah, that's all I have to share. Yeah, I covered this game in a, a previous video uh, where I don't think this is a strictly a PlayStation 4, 4 or 5 exclusive. Or I, I guess it would be PlayStation in general. But mm-hmm. I do think it might be a timed exclusive. I'm not sure about that. Anyway, I covered it in a video on my channel. And I think it looks good. It's like a survival game uh, where, yeah... You, you're, it's a survival roguelite is what it sounds like. Um, and I will say the woman's voice in this sounds a lot like uh, Eivor. <laughs> she does. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I think the only other thing I did want to mention here that I just can't wait to finally play it. I don't think they had an actual release date, but hopefully it's soon as Tunic, the little indie game for Xbox that looks like a Zelda where you play a fox. I think that game looks <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it does look cool. And I also appreciated that Jeff, every time there's a Canadian uh, mentioned, <laughs> he goes out of his way to sell, say fellow Canadian, which I love. I, I love that, too. Yeah, good for him. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So now uh, we get to the big finale of the show. And I thought Jeff was going to either cry <laughs> or crap his pants. I wasn't quite sure which one when he finally got to reveal this. But uh, Elden Ring finally got its proper reveal uh, I don't want to steal the thunder here, Jackson. What were, what were your reactions when this got shown? Uh, yeah, I was. I mean, I can't call myself the biggest Soulsborne fan on the planet, not even close. But I really, really enjoy playing these games, um, even though I haven't played Demon Souls yet. I haven't beaten it. Oh, um, so good. Yeah, uh, yeah. This is insane. I just think this is one of those like s- not smaller, but like everyone's been clamoring for this ever since they showed it off two years ago, and then we had that leak, and then. Seeing Jeff, like you said, absolutely lose his mind. Um, just <laughs> yeah. at, like it tapped into the, you know, the gamer in me. I was just very, very into it. Um, but what we saw looked really good. Um, yes, it does. It, 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 it's very obviously from from Soft, which is good. Um, I, I didn't think they needed to reinvent the wheel in a lot of ways, but this is kind of reinventing the wheel. I mean, open world. That's not something we, um, you know completely open world i should say is not something we've had yet for them yeah and the traversal with the horse you know usually in a souls game um you're 
pretty slow even when you're going between environments. Sekiro did have the grappling hook, which definitely sped things up. But um, having a horse that you can ride around on and apparently like bolt up cliffs even. There was that one part where it like uh, seemed to take flight um, is very cool. And yeah, if this is, I think they have confirmed either in interviews or some uh, developer communication that somewhere along the line, they have confirmed that this is a, a like a proper open world game. So uh, that actually brings in a question we got in our reader mail uh, from um, Massimo. Uh, normally we do this at the very end of the show. But we do have a reader mail question we want to bring in here. And uh, uh, Massimo says, uh, I've played a few Soulsborne games and I really love the difficult combat and how rewarding it is when you when you beat a boss. For example, I played Sekiro, really enjoyed it. But what I personally don't like about these games is how enemies respawn after you kill them, how the game basically wants you to grind souls or whatever it may be to level up, and how obtuse the lore telling is. So here's my question. Why don't you think anybody has ever made an open world game or a linear game with combat as difficult as a Soulsborne game, but with other stuff I mentioned. I feel like any Souls-like game is either all or nothing. Also, don't get me wrong, I know many people love everything about the Soulsborne genre, and that's awesome. I'm not suggesting changing it or expanding the difficult combat style in other types of games. So, thank you, Massimo, for that uh, uh, detailed question, but it looks like you're going to get your game, at least to a, to an extent, and and... Jackson, you had mentioned before we recorded that you think that maybe someone else or that this game has been made. I don't know what you were referencing, whether it was Elden Ring or something else. Well, I, I think um, for what Massimo said here, uh, he's kind of asking, is there a game that doesn't have enemies respawning and doesn't have grinding for souls? And I think there are and, and but also has this style of combat. And I, I think there is, um, and maybe I'm off base here, but I, I kind of think that Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order is sort of what he's talking about. He said open world or linear, but you don't have to grind. I never grinded in that game. And then yeah. enemies did respawn. So he's definitely, you know, uh, that's that's not the best example. But I, I think people have tried to sort of uh, emulate the souls-like and have, uh, you know played around with some of those core elements over the years. Just none of them have been as successful. I think Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order is the only one that has been. Yeah, and and Sekiro kind of walked the line, not in terms of being open world, but if I remember Sekiro, you don't grind for souls in that the way you do in Bloodborne because you only have one weapon. You don't level up, per se, like you do in Bloodborne or the Souls games because, um, yeah, you just have your sword. And yeah, basically, if you get to a boss in that game and you're you can't beat it. You just have to keep trying until you can beat him. Um, I, I hope I'm not misspeaking there because I love Sekiro but, uh, and Bloodborne. But yeah, I agree. I was never grinding in Jedi Fallen Order. That definitely cranked the difficulty down. You, it does have difficulty settings, so you can play it on the toughest difficulty, and I love that game. And I think, um, you know, I just got... I explored the world to the fullest and got all the upgrades, so I found it to be maybe less challenging than others because I spent so much time upgrading my character anyways. Right. Um, right. Yeah. But, I think, I think it has been done to his point. Yeah. But I imagine Elden Ring it is going to be open world, like we said, but I imagine that the difficulty will be ridiculously challenging. And I imagine that enemies will respawn via bonfires or something. I, I'd be surprised if they left that mechanic out, but we'll see. Yeah, I think that's that is just like a core mechanic of FromSoft games. I, I I think it'd be a little silly for them to abandon that. Yep, agreed. So uh, 
either Massimo or Massimo, uh, thank you very much for the question. Uh, when we get, uh, we are now going to take our second break, and when we get back, we are going to dig into our mailbag for one more question, and then we'll wrap it up. We'll be right back. And we're back. We are now going to dig into our mailbag. But first, I do want to say uh, we we got into our last question, and I didn't really <laughs> uh, let anyone know. Uh, you know, Jackson, I don't know if you got to react to the um, uh, Elden Ring reveal as much as you wanted to, but uh, I just wanted to say before we move on, I thought the game looked fantastic as a fan, again, of Bloodborne and Sekiro. Not so much the Souls games, but I just think it looks great. I cannot wait to play this game, and the fact that it's coming out in January of next year was a big surprise. Yeah, same here. Um, I love the huge, massive creatures, just the overall weirdness that FromSoft always brings to their games. I'm into it. Yep. Yeah, it looks amazing. Um, and uh, yeah, some of those bosses looked creepy as hell and super cool. Can't wait to get into it. Uh, but like I said, we have one more reader mail question. And uh, fittingly, it is from good old Brock. Brock, uh, thanks again for writing in. Um, you uh, are apparently, as many of us are, very excited for Ratchet and Clank. You write in and say, or you wrote in and said, Can Insomniac be called the king of all game devs at this time? They have absolutely crushed it with hits like Spider-Man 2018, Spider-Man Miles Morales, and now with Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. The number of games they put out while still being able to consistently hit a very high bar for quality is unmatched in my opinion. Thoughts? P.S. Keep in mind Sony bought Insomniac for only 220 $229 $229 million in 2019. What a steal. So what say you, Jackson? I say they are the king of the last three years. Yeah. Um, I, I think that like it is hard to find a stretch of time where a developer has put out that many quality games. I think you have to go back to like the 2000s, that era, sort of like the 360 PS3 generation. Like you could argue like there was a time where Ubisoft was that with Assassin's Creed um, with the SEO games. You know, it just they consistently hit that quality mark that you're talking about. And even though Miles Morales is a spinoff, it improved on everything Spider-Man 2018 did, in my opinion. Um, So and then then Ratchet and Clank, I haven't gotten to play it yet, but uh, that just looks amazing. So, yeah, I think they are the king of the last three years. Yeah, I think that um, I would put them alongside uh, two other developers right now, and and uh, that would be Naughty Dog because uh, you know nothing. Uh, Naughty Dog hasn't done anything to. Uh, they've always been at the top of the heap for me, and and I can't see any reason to demote them from from that. So Insomniac at least sits, I think, alongside them. The production values are amazing in their games. The gameplay is rock solid. I think just like Naughty Dog, they kind of. Are they they um they're big blockbuster games that they make or these big blockbuster games they're kind of safe bets there's they don't really take any huge risks with the gameplay but what they do do is just incredibly polished incredibly refined and so for that reason yeah I put them alongside that the other developer that I think is getting there almost there is Guerrilla Games we'll see how they do with uh um Forbidden West but if that game is of this level of quality I think that those are the three kind of crown jewels in uh, the Sony stable of developers. And yeah, I don't see anybody else putting out games of this quality this consistently. And the other thing I want to highlight is there were two tweets that came out from Insomniac employees saying, uh, I don't know if you saw this, Jackson, saying, I just want to say that I didn't ever crack. Like one person said, I never broke, you know, with maybe one or two exceptions, 40 hours a week working on this game. And the other person said, I never crunched making Ratchet and Clank. 
So I want to give a, a, a shout out, a shout out to Insomniac for that. That's great. Yeah, they deserve it. And and one small anecdote. Uh, I had the pleasure of visiting Insomniac in 2016. And what oh, I cool. didn't know, yeah, is that they were currently developing Spider-Man 2018 at the time. They had security guarding their like workstations. Huh. We were like funneled. I saw a couple of VR games. Um, uh, wh- why was I there? I can't remember specifically. There was one game, but uh, it was VR related. And um, they have such a rock solid corporate culture there. And I know that they put on a show when they have people like me there and press, but they are awesome. Um, just it, it's one of those situations where what you see is legitimately the reality. They're not, you know, hiding behind crunch or anything else. Um, they're not, they don't have skeletons in the closet. It feels like, um, yeah. so yeah, I love them. Yeah. Very cool. And, uh, I hope that, um, I hope this doesn't sound too negative, but when those tweets came out, I was like, I hope somebody from Naughty Dog is uh, paying attention to this. Yeah, Um, you don't have to do that to make a great game. Exactly. So anyways, thanks, Brock, for the question, as always. And uh, that is going to do it for this week. Uh, Next week, we will have our final episode, and it will be, I'm imagining, very focused around everything we see at E3 this, this week. So we will have a ton to talk about. Uh, before we uh, sign off, Jackson, anything that you want to plug on your channel? Um, yeah, just uh, I've been making a ton of videos lately. So just look out for more Assassin's Creed, Far Cry, and any other coverage of games that look interesting to me. Nice. And I am actually going to be a little quiet. I do actually currently have a new video about Far Cry uh, 9 details we know about stealth in Far Cry. So if that interests you, head over to my channel, check that out. But I'm kind of waiting to see what uh, what we see at E3 before I really decide what my next piece of content is going to be. Um, so it may be a little quiet, uh, funny enough during like the busiest time of the year, but, um, I'll, uh, I'll figure out something fun to uh, create for you guys, um, soon. Anyways, that is going to do it for us this week. Uh, we will see you next week again for our final episode. Can't wait. Uh, we will see you then. Bye guys. Bye guys.